Remember that only the living, only the living is the shouting. Um, if you go to a stadium, it's only the winning side that is the shouting side. A team that is losing will not shout. You probably demoralize it. So if you know you're winning, I am winning. If you're winning, praise the Lord! Shout, it's your own way of praising him also. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, sir, for this uh, privilege. I didn't take such privilege uh, privileges for granted. I really appreciate you, sir. Thank you, Elder uh, Phil, uh, and everyone. Father, we thank you and we honor you. We want to appreciate you for your faithfulness in our lives. Want to thank you, Lord, because we know without you we are nothing. We know, Lord, that we are, we are not our own maker. That's why you are the Elohim. We appreciate you for your faithfulness in our lives, Lord, for bringing us together. Your word says, In your house there are many mansions. You have brought us together, Lord. In your house today, we appreciate you for your faithfulness. Lord, I will not speak of my own, Lord. I come to your true Lord, to obtain favor today and grace. Lord, use me. Let me not speak of my own. Take control of my mouth and my heart, Almighty Father. Use me as your oracle this morning. Use me, Lord, to bring the good news. I yield myself as a vessel. And let your name alone be glorified. Let no man glorify himself. The King of Kings, let today not just be a day that we will just come to church and walk away. We want to be impacted, Almighty Father. Let your spirit fill us afresh like never before. Glorify yourself in our lives today, Lord. Use us, Lord Almighty, to showcase your glory. Father, let heart of stone become heart of flesh this morning. Let those seeking you, let them see you this morning, Lord. You have said, Lord, that where two or more are gathered, you are there. Lord, honor your word this morning. Fellowship with us. Let our hearts, Lord, be receptive to your engraved word. And at the end of the day, let all glory be yours in Jesus' name of prayer. Amen. 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 Can we have the video? Is it possible? Just a short um, video. Hey, everybody. I'm Adam Bush, and it's Father's Day. And I gotta be honest, I feel like one of the lucky ones. I had an awesome childhood and an amazing dad. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about it. But to do that, I have to share a story with you about the craziest night of my life. 
was 13 years ago, and I get invited to go to London. I love to travel, so I was super excited. It's my first time to go to Europe. So I get to the Tulsa International Airport, and I put my bag up on the conveyor belt at security, and it gets flapped. The TSA agent reaches his hand into the front pocket, and pulls out this, a knife. Immediately, my mind flashes back to a year earlier when a friend of mine's dad gave me this knife as a gift. I'm not really a knife kind of guy. So I threw it in my bag, threw my bag in the back of my closet, and forgot about it. And wouldn't you know, that's the bag I grabbed for my London trip. So now here I am at the airport with the TSA guy holding said knife. But not just any knife. It's a switchblade. Here's a fun fact. It's illegal to carry a switchblade in the state of Oklahoma. Here's another fun fact. It's a federal offense to bring it into a federal building. You know, like an airport. So the TSA guy says, let's take a walk. And he takes me to the basement of the airport, into this tiny room, and he leaves. Here I am, all by myself, with one single chair that's bolted to the ground. I'm thinking, they have such little confidence in the people that they're bringing into this room, they don't even trust them with a normal chair. I sit there, by myself, for four hours. Eventually, the door opens, but this time, it's not a TSA guy. It's a Tulsa police officer. And he says, Mr. Bush, you're under arrest. Can I be honest with you? In that moment, I just start weeping. I mean, like crying for real, like ugly crying. I mean, it's humiliating. I'm being escorted through the front of the airport by cops, hands behind my back, people looking at me as I'm bawling like a baby. And nothing on the cop. He's been super nice. He's like, so, where were you headed? And I'm like, I was going to So he throws me in the back of his cruiser and take off downtown. We get to the jail and immediately there's this row of rough looking inmates just staring at me like they want to punch me in the face. And I have to hand over all my personal possessions. They put shackles around my ankles. And then, just to commemorate our time together, we take this photo. Not my proudest photo. Here's the thing. To get out of jail, they call a judge to set your bail. That I knew. Here's what I didn't know. You can't bail yourself out. You need somebody on the outside to come and get you. The problem was nobody knew exactly where I was. I mean, I got a phone call, I could have called someone, but all my phone numbers are in my cell phone. I couldn't remember anybody's phone number. Actually, I could remember the Mazio's Pizza delivery number, but I felt like that'd be a lot of help right now. So about midnight, cops call my name. They take me through this door, and I'm in this other room, and they hand me an envelope, and this door buzzes open beside me. I turn, and I look, and standing there on the other side of that door is my dad. And I walk up to him, and he opens up his arms, and he just gives me the biggest hug. He doesn't yell at me. He doesn't come down on me and make me feel worse than I already feel. He's just there. What I didn't realize was that the whole time while I was inside of my mess, he was on the outside working on my behalf to get me out and to bring me home. That's just the kind of guy he was. In 2009, my dad passed away. Thank you.
The whole idea of <coughs> is for us to know we have a dad. Yeah. It's not asking <coughs> us to prove ourselves. He doesn't want to know how weak or how strong you are. He has forgotten about your yesterday, the moment you give your life. And at the lowest of the lowest in your life, he will show himself mighty. Yeah. So, <coughs> this morning I just want to talk about God being a father, a loving father. He can clean your mess and make it a message. Huh. A message for generations yet unborn to enjoy yes. and to learn from. He can turn your life around 360 degrees. He's a faithful God. Yes. That's why they call him the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. They call him the Ancient of Days, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, the I Am that I Am, the God that was yesterday, that is today, that will remain forever. Isaiah <coughs> says, the Almighty God, there may be all sort of God, but the book of Isaiah says, the Almighty God. Yes. And he's the unchangeable changer. He can change the life of a man in one second. This young man wasn't expecting him. He didn't even have his father's number. But yet, at that point, at that critical point in his life, at that moment, his father came through. And sometimes when we're down, we think, where are you, Lord? And we ask questions. Yeah, they are genuine questions. He wants to interact. He wants to talk. But the thing is, our dad wants to constantly communicate with us. Yeah. Bible says he's looking for those that worship him in truth and in spirit. He says, Bible says, come, let us reason together. God wants to reason with us on a daily basis. I can't reason with a two-year-old boy or two-year-old girl. Even sometimes, <coughs> some and I, our communication sometimes some sort of disparity. But when someone says, come, let us reason together, meaning that he has put you up to a level where you can understand him. Hmm. And that's the God that we serve. Hmm. Um, I want to prepare our minds this morning because most of the things I'll be talking about, I'll be sharing personal testimonies. Why? The book of Psalm 96, verse 3, says, Declare his works among the nations and his marvelous deeds among the people. Mm. So God wants us to declare his work and his marvelous deeds among people so that people can continue to be encouraged. Praise the Lord. So we'll be looking at our daddy in heaven. So I call him, hello dad. You know when you, in IT, if your, your first program is hello world, <laughs> hello world, your first time when you do, uh, when you write a, pro, a, a program, 
whatever code, whether Java or C++ or whatever, hello world. Or we're saying hello dad. Because he's our father. He wants us to see him as his father. Can you imagine what is happening in heaven? Look at the diversity. Bible says in Psalm 2 verse 4, is the God that sits in heaven and laughs. So you can imagine our God is laughing this morning that his children have come together. If you have four or five or three children, they are not the same. No. There are some peculiarities yeah. that makes them distinct and unique. You are you. Nothing can change you. You are fearfully made, wonderfully made, chosen, peculiar to God. That's why you can't compare yourself to anyone. Because there's something so, something so special about you. No matter the number of people in the whole world, maybe whatever billions, nobody is like you. You are unique. And that's why DNA is so, it's a blessing to us. So today we are looking at why God is our dad. His graciousness. And what does he want? What does our dad want? What does he want? So the three things we'll be looking at. I can use this slide right. Hello, Dad. See, I, I like when I when I when I'm preaching. I don't like to use slides um, in order to just curtail. What I'm saying is, the spirit of a prophet must be subject to prophet. You must be able to control your. <laughs> so I just want to. Um, yeah, sorry. Okay. You see, the idea that Jesus meant Daddy. When we use the Aramaic word, Abba Father was originally proposed by a scholar named Joachim Jeremiah. So he, he, he felt God is our daddy. Because if you look at the dictionary, the, the, the description of daddy is so special, so unique. So that's who God is to us, our Father in heaven. However, someone else challenged this um, this idea that Haba means daddy. Remember, Jesus said Haba father. But the point for me, the title of honor from the Latin Haba from Greek, Haba from Aramaic Haba the father. For me, it's my father, my daddy. Praise the Lord. So, like in Africa, there is one song. Darling Jesus, oh my darling Jesus. You see, whatever you call God, as long as it's unique and peculiar to you. Yes. Because God is special to everyone. So the kind of relationship that he's looking for is not a kind of relationship where you say someone there far away. No, he wants that kind of relationship where you can interact with him on a daily basis. Amen. Yeah. On a daily basis. That's the kind of relationship that God is looking for. Now, why is he your dad, my dad? Why? Why is he our father? 
Because until we have that understanding that is actually God is actually our Father, the Father that you can run to, that you can fellowship with, that you can communicate with, it is at that point you begin to see His uniqueness. Because He relates with us individually. The scripture says he cannot give to you more than what you can bear. So whatever anyone is going through, God knows you are equal to the challenge. Yes. He's not a wicked God. He's a God of mercy. Yes. He's loving, he's kind. He says, in the book of Psalm 118, he says, he has compassion, sorry, 140, he says, he, have com he has compassion on everything that he has created. Psalm 140. God has compassion on every single thing that he has created. So he has compassion on every one of us. Hmm. So this is in the book of... Um, sorry. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband, or a husband's will, but born of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. In verse 26 of Galatians chapter 3, it says, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. We are all the children of God through faith. Through faith, we are the children of God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, <coughs> look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them are you not such more valuable than they are? So God provides every of our needs on a daily basis. Bible says, God says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. I will supply all your needs according to my uh, all your needs according to my riches in glory. Bible also says, Our Father is the owner of the cattle on a thousand years. He says, wherever the sole of your feet shall tread upon, you will possess. So everywhere you claim, because your father is the creator of heaven and earth, so wherever place you tread upon, you possess, shall be possessed. Why? Because he says in the book of Job, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. You shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. Says whatsoever that is bound here on heart, our God says will be bound in heaven. Anything you buy in here on heart will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you break loose here on heart, we broke loose in heaven. They obey your command because you are unique. <coughs> That's our father. Hmm. That's our daddy. That's our Father. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
want to look at the graciousness of our God. The graciousness of our God. Before we get there, I'll just share put another. It says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but to receive the spirit of sonship. So, all this is just to let us know who God is to us, how He sees us, and how we have become His children. So, you have not received the spirit of fear or, or slavery, but the spirit of sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our own spirit that we are God's own children. That we are God's own children. On the next one, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. That's what we are. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. That's what we are. Now we're going to look at the graciousness of our God. What we do often at times is we box God. We have certain expectations. And when we have certain expectations, it's difficult, it's difficult to get him to move because that's where we have put him. And sometimes we don't just have expectations, we don't even have expectations at all. And when we don't have expectation, how can he do what we are expecting him to do? The Bible says in the book of James, chapter 4, says you have not received because you did not ask. He says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Ask, it shall be given. Seek, you will find. If not, the door will open. He wants us to ask. Mm. He says, Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. And another scripture says, I have not given you the mouth that the enemy can cover. So we have a God that is asking desperate for our relationship. <coughs> so at this moment, where we have gathered together, as the children of the Most High God, and we see ourselves as brothers and sisters, is that that's the very, very, very moment for us to see the awesomeness of our God. Yeah. Look at the way we are gorgeously dressed, unique, peculiar to you, peculiar to me. I can't copy you. You can't copy me. I can't speak like you. Even I, I lived in England for, for nine years, I don't, still don't have British accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. You see? So the point remains that he sees you in your own peculiar way and he relates with you uniquely because you are special. 
You're special. That's why he says you are a chosen generation. He says you are a peculiar people. So he loved us first. Yes. Even before we knew him. He loved us first. He loved you first. Yes. So that man that came to bear his son in the video that we just watched was not waiting for his son to do the right thing, but he came to bail him out. Yes. The police officer or whoever or the authority tagged him as a terrorist, but the father did not see him as a terrorist. See, sometimes we tag ourselves as individuals. I'm not good. I can't be the best. All the words that your father or mother spoke into your life and you begin to run with it, that made you. That's not who you are. But we, we are people of faith. We are not moved by what we see, but by what the word, by what the Lord says. Yes. We are not moved by what the medical doctor says, but by what the Lord says. Yes. We are not moved by what the banker says, but by what the Lord says. Not even by what the politician says. Bible says, who is he? Who? That's his, the scripture. It says, who is he that will say a thing and it will come to pass when the Lord has not decreed it? Who is he that will, sp will speak something concerning your life and it will come to pass when your daddy has not said it? It says in Jeremiah chapter, chapter 93, verse 3. It says, ask for, ask for, call upon me. Call upon me. Jeremiah chapter 93, verse 3. Call upon me. I will answer you and I will show you the unsearchable thing that you know nothing about. Mm. Hey. <laughs> That's what it says. Mm. Call upon me. But the problem is, how do we call upon him? We'll get there later. There must be something, there must be a missing link. And that's why this moment where we, we are celebrating each other, celebrating a continent, is a moment for, all, for, for us to go back to the default mode. Because when he created the first Adam, he was speaking constantly with the first Adam. He was talking, interacting. Then when Adam sinned, that communication was broken. But the second Adam came to restore. Yes. Yes. He did not just restore. He gave you and I the Holy Spirit. Yes. He says, I am going, but I will give you yes. a comforter That's right. that will remind you of the things that I have spoken about. So, God is not being carried like they used to in that um, heart anymore. God himself is now resident through his spirit yes. within you. Yes. How? Through the sonship. Because the moment you give your life to Christ, you yes. have been justified by the blood of Jesus. Wonderful. So we call the sons and daughter of the Almighty God. Wonderful. That's why today, make sure, please, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I think today is the best day. There's a research online. They said the, the happiest people in the whole world are the Christians. I'm not doubting that. They are telling us that we are the happiest. Good. 
when I was younger, when I was younger in Africa, when one boys they start working, everybody wants to work in the bank because when you work in the bank, you earn good money. And when they, the moment they, they start working and they start, they just do all sorts of things, mess around. But when it's time to get married, they go to the church to look for their wife. We go to church. They go to church to look for wives because they know the good girls are in the church. So if they are coming to tell us who we are, wonderful. Praise the Lord. So in love, through Jesus, he gave the choice to, for, for us to come back to him. So if, when, 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 we, when, when you are in the world and you have not known Jesus Christ, the only way you can is to come back to him. And how can you come back to him when you confess him as your personal Lord and Savior? Then you have come back to your default mode. Default mode is to be in Christ Jesus. If you are not in Christ, sorry, in crisis. It's a bitter truth. Have I got all my problems solved? No. Am I happy? Yes. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Says the righteous shall live by faith. Yes. How can the righteous live by faith? Says the entrance of the world brings illumination. The entrance of the world brings illumination. You see? So the moment you hear the word and it goes into your spirit and you confess him as your personal Lord and Savior, because you must first hear the word before you can be converted. Our daddy is a good God. Yes. So in love, through Jesus, he gave you the choice to come back home. And you now enjoy his scandalous generosity. Yes. You know what it means? To give your only son to die for the enemy, so for the children of your enemy? That's scandalous generosity. Yes. Ephesians 2.8 He gave his only son to die for you and I so we can enjoy what we are enjoying today. Now, looking at his generosity, I'll just give a few. Because when you, be, when you begin to talk about God's generosity and you don't make some specific like I shared in uh, like, I, like I quoted Psalm 96 verse 3 earlier when you when we talk about his generosity and we give specifics, it's encouraging, and it's like a testimony on his own. One thing about his generosity is that nothing can separate us from his love. Praise the Lord. Nothing can separate us from our daddy's love. So nothing can separate you and I from his love. Can you imagine that? So it's easy to divorce today. Very easy. If you're not interested, interested anymore, you just walk away, right? 
Not just that, now they put, the, when you are on online, lawyers or solicitors online now put forms, they advertise forms. Even if you are not thinking of divorcing, when you see forms, say it's that easy, in 10 minutes you can divorce. So it's easy. That's what the enemy wants. The Bible says the enemy has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come to give you life, life more abundantly. So everything in the world is pointing to the fact that marriage, forget it. Even the, the, the tax laws and the law of this land and the United Kingdom encourages people that are living together by way of benefit than those that are legally married. That's atrocious. Discouraging. Unfortunate. But the love of our father, nothing can say, how can you love somebody yesterday, you are married and today you say you don't love him or her anymore. Abomination. Where did the love come from in the first place? For us as Christians, it's one way in, no way out. I have misunderstanding with my wife, I must sort it out. The last time I told her, I said, if you are, if you are not happy with me, I'm not happy with you. Let's sort it out before you go to bed. We must do that first. Because if rapture comes, what will I tell my God? That my wife, I was angry with my wife and I went to bed. No. The Bible says the trial of our faith worketh patience. Sorry, sometimes I quote King James Version. Uh, uh, I find it difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so the trial of our faith worketh patience. So the trial of our faith brings a lot of patience. No way out. One way in, no way out. So you must make it work, whether you like it or not. Bible says, husband, love your wife. Wife, submit to your husband. How can you submit without you loving? How can you love without submitting? So he is the definition of love in the first instance. He loved us without giving, without taking, without receiving, without taking anything. Just loving for loving's sake. That man that gives without expecting anything back is a man that loves. When we give, when we are nice, it's a human nature, we are expecting something. Maybe in kind or be nice. But when you release or you give without expecting somebody who cannot even do anything for you, somebody in Maybe in Malaysia, you donate money from here, they don't know you, but then you are sponsoring a child in a school. That is the love of God. He loves us. So, in me trying to explain that nothing can separate us from his love, Because the kind of love I'm talking about is in Romans chapter 3, chapter 8, verse 38 to 39. We have a prayer group. And a brother among us got a message from God. That somebody saw somebody going, somebody being attacked with a terminal disease. Now, when he told me, I said, don't share with him yet. Let us pray. So this brother, this brother is here now. As a matter of fact, he told brother A is here, brother B is here. Brother A told me, he said, this is what I saw. 
So don't tell Brother B yet. Let us pray about it. I will wake up, we will wake up at night. Over the phone, we pray about it. When we pray and we're satisfied and we're happy, then he share it with Brother B. God specifically gave revelation. That's the daddy we're talking about. Because of the love that he has for Brother B, he gave Brother A revelation. That's the God we're talking about. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Another one is, we are, according to the book of Isaiah chapter 49, we are engraved on his palm. All of you. Your name is on his palm. So, you can't erase this. If you can't get this, you've got to chop off the hand before you can get rid of the marks. Here, meaning that nothing can take you away from God. Mm. Yeah. He has you here. Meaning that everything that you do, He knows, He sees. Every single thing that you do, He knows, He sees. There's no hiding place. Bible says the spirit of man is the candlelight of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit of man, your spirit, my spirit, is the candlelight of God Almighty. He uses it to search out, search you out in and out. So we are engraved on the spell. And in explaining that, Brother A, that I mentioned earlier, Had a dream. Remember, I'm just walking in line with Psalm 96, verse 3. We're declaring this wonderful work. At this time that we are celebrating Africa, celebrating each other. So, Brother He was going through a, a time, a period in his life, and God revealed to me a specific dream that he had. And I called him in the middle of the night, maybe 1 or 2 a.m. I said, This is what the Lord showed me. You had XYZ dream. He said, yes. He said, that's not an ordinary dream. You need to pray about it. It's not a good dream. We're talking of engraved on his palm, right? This same brother, as I'm just talking about now. And another day, I was praying, and the Lord said, because when I'm praying, I don't pick my phone calls. Suddenly, God said, pick your phone, call him now. Danger. I rang him, we prayed. And the next day, he, had, he almost had a very fatal accident. So, because he's engraved on God's palm, there's no perishing, no dying yet. A very narrow escape. The very next day. Now, and I begin to wonder what's happening. Not quite long, very recently. Another God, I was, I was, I was just about to start praying. As I was just to start praying, God said, "Stop. Call him again." And I called again. 
I said the battery, your spiritual battery, according to God, your spiritual battery is very low. You need to recharge it, meaning that you are in a place where you need to seek God. He said, I just had a dream now. I just woke up from the dream. I just had a nightmare. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because if you are engraved on his palm, there's nothing the enemy can do. Satan can do to take you away from his presence. He will always cover your back. He will take care of you. This brother I'm talking about is here. He will always take care of you. Because you are engraved on his power. That's the benefit that we enjoy. As believers. As the son of the most high God. And daughter of the most high God. The other one. Part of his graciousness. Remember I'm talking about the graciousness of our dad. The other one is... His love will find you out and direct. No matter where you are, God's love will find you out. He told Jonah, he said, go to Nineveh. Nineveh, uh, Jonah said, no, I'm going to Tarshish. Can you imagine that? What did God do? He said, no, you are not going there. You've got to go to where I want you to go to. They said, today we have submarine, thank God for technology. But God built the first submarine. <laughs> and he had to put Jonah in the belly of the fish to transport him. There's nothing God cannot do. He says, is there anything too, that God says, is there anything too difficult for me to do? We're talking of his graciousness. His love will find you out and will direct you. We have a sister here, I will mention her name, Mama Franca. I'm sorry, I didn't tell you this before. She was going to vote. Because God wants, in every little thing, God wants us to ask. He says, lean not on, lean not on your own understanding. Trust the Lord in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. Live not on your own understanding. Trust the Lord with the whole of your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He wants us to acknowledge Him and trust Him in every single thing. Imagine you want to vote. I've never done it before. He puts the, she, she put the candidate in front of her. The two candidates. The, or the candidates she was considering voting for. And she said, Lord, who should I vote for? She's here, right here. She said, who should I vote for? And the Lord gave him the specific person to vote for. And she voted for that person. And for God to encourage her, when we were having our prayer meeting on a Friday, the mayor she voted for walked in to testify to the glory of God. That's the daddy we're talking about. She innocently, obediently said, I won't vote for any candidate. I'm going to vote for the person that God wants in authority. And the moment she cast a vote, God started walking and made sure and told and was walking behind the scene. That man must come to testify before her. I mean, that's the graciousness of God. There's no way you can describe that. 
So I'm talking of the mayor of Borua, and thank God, pastor was there the day the, the man came. Our pastor was there. We're talking about the graciousness of God. Sometimes we do not know the kind of God that we have. Sometimes we do not have an understanding, we can't comprehend. It says in Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, one of my favorite uh, scriptures, Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, says, I will fight your battle and you will hold your peace. And if, if you ask why, go to Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. He said, because I am a man of war, the Lord is my name. That's the graciousness of God. That's the graciousness of your daddy, my daddy. Meaning that he's desperate to have a heart-to-heart conversation with you. God is desperate to communicate with you and I. But what's the problem? We'll get there later. So we're still talking about the graciousness of our Father. And this other one, and that's the last one in the category of the graciousness of our God, is a good one. God is never too late. Praise the Lord. Our God is never too late. Abraham had to wait for 25 good years after the promise of God. Thank God for Abraham's faith. He was able to wait. Joseph was told, had a dream, and he was going to be a prime minister, but he waited for 11 years. 11 good years. 11 good years. David was anointed. Waited for many years. I can't remember how many years, but I know he was in Saul's palace for four years. He was in Ziggler for another four years, running from Saul. Praise the Lord. So, what's God saying? Are you beginning to doubt because you have been waiting for so long? He will encourage you. He told Joshua, be courageous. Isaiah was running. Isaiah that did everything. Sorry, Elijah that did everything. Elijah was <coughs> running from God because he was tired. But Jezebel was going to kill him. But God encouraged Elijah. So this next one, I'm going to read a text message, but I won't disclose the names. For you to know, our God is never too late. He's gracious and he's good. Because it's a testimony. <coughs> about, three, three, about three years ago, almost four years ago, I was at zero. And God gave me revelation for somebody I am not close to. Someone that we just barely knew each other. We saw each other at work. And suddenly God gave me a, test, a, a, a revelation for her. You know, sometimes God will give you revelation and you are afraid to share it. I've been there before because you need to get all the courage to be able to share such testimony, such revelation. But because I know when it's from God, I put myself together. I went to her. 
and I will share, I will read this to you. Recently, about, um, about a week ago, how are you? How is your husband? And what? Because after, when we got to know each other, and then we became friends, not close friends, but we call each other once in a while. How are you and your husband and work? It's been a while. Just checking, Dele. Then she replied, Hi, Dele, good to hear from you. Sorry, I have been, I'm sorry I've not been in touch. Her husband's name now. And I, been uh, meaning to invite you and your family for dinner, but things have been a bit busy. I am currently on maternity leave. Our baby was due on the 3rd of September, but is late. Would love for you and all to meet her when she finally arrives. We'll be in touch. How are you and work? Now I now send her another message. Congratulations. God is good. Remember the revelation I gave you when I was still at zero and you rebuffed it. We, we were standing at the window, remember? And she sent uh, this, the reply. Yes, I remember. God always good. God is always good. God has a plan. Though I was too old, I thought I was too old to have a baby, but he has been faithful. And the picture of it. The baby has arrived and she has sent me the picture of the baby. Why am I sharing this testimony? Sometimes God will put some things in our heart, but we keep it. To be honest, I was afraid to share the message when I got because we were not close. She was still single. Thank you. She was still single. So when I told her, she was like, that's about three years ago. I remember when I was going to talk to her, I was like, should I say this or not? And we were at the window, I, was, I shared it. And when I finished sharing it, I was expecting, oh, thank you very much, that's it. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> God has proved himself. He has proven himself. He's a faithful God. That's the graciousness of our God that we're talking about. So, so sometimes I find it difficult to even describe how much I enjoy my God. Because of the experiences I have. It's difficult for me. Sometimes uh, there's, there's some messages I can't pass because people think you are foolish, you are weird. We'll finish it soon. Now, what does God want? What exactly does God want? We have seen His graciousness. We have seen how He is a Father to us. Why is he father? And we are seeing his graciousness of our God. What God is working, what, in, what God is looking for from us is the fellowship of communication. Praise the Lord. The fellowship of communication. And that comes with responsibility. If now, that's Romans 8, 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. Communication. The fellowship of communication is very important to God. That's what he's looking for from us. 
Communication. That's what God is looking for. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is looking for communi communication. Thank you, sir. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to have one-to-one -one communication with us. God wants to have conversation with us. God wants discussion with us. And reading the Bible is very, very important. I'll just quickly run through this so we can finish. Charles, Charles Spurgeon. He says, when I thought that God was hard, I found it easy to sin. But when I found God to be so kind, so good, so overflowing with compassion, I smote my breast to think that I would have rebelled against one who loved me so and sought my good. Just the love of God. And another person, Chris, he says, bottom line is, for me, is that if I want to hear from the Lord, I should pray fast and read his word. Praise the Lord. Another one, when I started reading the Bible seriously, almost one year ago, on a daily basis, I started being awakened by someone saying my name. I woke up, my husband, the first time asking why he called me. He didn't. He didn't. The second and third night, I had my name. I knew only one would have, only God would have called me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us rise up. Thank <laughs> you.